0: There and just uh, follow along. I'm going to read a few verses that actually precede the verses that Paul read a minute ago, and we will we will reflect on this very very important question when all of us have pondered. I want to I meant to say a word about this earlier. Hope you'll come back at five o'clock tonight. Um, we will look forward to a couple of things will be going on here. We'll have a devotional in this room right at five o'clock. Short devotional. And then you'll have a couple places you can go and stay in the auditorium. Jerry Culbertson is going to be teaching a class in this room called Archaeology and the Bible. He's he's done a number of trips to the Holy Lands and done some archaeological digs over there. So uh, I know that will be a great class. We're also going to have a Faith in Action opportunity where we seek to, as the name would imply, seek to... Uh, take what we believe and put it into action in some way in serving the community. And I appreciate Dania Petrozella for organizing an event for us tonight. We'll go downstairs and we'll have an opportunity to do a couple things. One, will be preparing some hospitality bags for some ladies who have recently been incarcerated and have gotten out, and uh, we're just going to try to bless them in some way. We'll also, uh, others will be just writing notes to these ladies and encouraging them. And so I do hope you'll plan to be back at 5 o'clock and be a part of one of these. This evening, opportunity for us to learn and to grow and to serve. Uh, Looking forward to that. All right, Job 14. If a person dies, will that person live again? I know you've thought about this. Thought about it a lot, probably. Think about it in different points in life, I think. More so, I mentioned this earlier. You know, there's a sense in which we think about this when life is what we want it to be, when we feel death is getting closer. Uh, Maybe it's coming closer because we're having health problems. Maybe it's coming closer because we feel ourselves, observe ourselves getting older, and we know inevitably the day is closer than it was a few years back, right? What happens then? Every world religion addresses this, from Islam to Judaism to Christianity to Hinduism to everyone. Everyone addresses this in some way. have a different take on it, but in some sense there are some commonalities there. There's an idea of paradise that's present in uh, most of the world religions. That there's gonna, there is a sense in which it's going to be really, really good for many people, and it's going to be really, really bad for other people. Uh, what's, what's it going to be like when we take that last breath? I, I, think, I think we've all thought about this. You know, it's, it's kind of scary, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's okay to say that. We, we believe, we trust, we know. Uh, but at the same time, we, we've never been there, and there's always a feeling of uncertainty about places we've never been, experiences we've never had. So there's a sense in which I think we are a little bit nervous about exactly what it's going to be like. Now, we're going, to, we're going to walk through this with Job today, and we're going to think about what it means to us, and I hope that this will be an encouragement to you. There are three things I want to observe with you. First one, and, and this, is not, this is not earth-shattering, is it? You already know this. And I think some people, some people in this room know this more than others because you've experienced this. Life is, life is heart. Look in Job 14. Would you do that with me for a minute? I'd like for you to read this with me or follow along as I read it. Job 14. Some of this is pretty familiar. Um, and and you've got to remember Job's, Job's situation. Let me read the first six verses here. Job 14, verse 1. Man who is born of woman is a few days, few of days, and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. And do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me into judgment with you? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? There's not one. Since his days are determined, and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass, look away from him and leave him alone, that he may enjoy like a hired hand his day. Now, I think we need to acknowledge here, much of the book of Job is one of despair, to be honest. I mean, it's just despair. Uh, It it doesn't end that way, but there's a lot of it in there, and Job's a pretty depressing book to read, at least least if you stay right there and just let let it say what it says. If you didn't have anything but Job, it'd still be a pretty pretty discouraging kind of book, even though things turned out better for Job at the end. Uh, Job's, just, just a quick thing, most of you know Job's background. He lost everything, right? There's something going on. Uh, God allows Job to be tested incredibly, in incredibly difficult ways. He, he lost, of course, he lost his, all of his kids. They died. Um, he lost all of his possessions. They're gone. Uh, he lost his health. It's gone. He, he's lost everything. Satan has, has attacked him, and God has only put a, put a hedge around Job's life. That's the only thing Satan can't, can't take, but he's taken everything else. And Job is miserable. I mean, he's miserable. And add to that, just the misery of all that, Job has some buddies who come to him, and they sit for a few days, and that's what they should have kept doing probably without talking. But once they started talking, that's what the book of Job is about. Job's friends start giving him advice. And they say, you know, confess what you've done. We know you've done something really horrible because this is this doesn't happen to good people. You know, good bad things don't happen to good people. And so you need to confess what you've done. God will forgive you, and maybe he'll take this away. And so there's this this back and forth. And Job's Job says to them, I, I haven't, I don't, I haven't really, have really done anything. I don't know why this is happening. There's, a, there's this, uh, there's this kind of sense in Job that, that he is like, he is full of absolute despair. I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Job feels hopeless. I mean, he feels hopeless. When he says this in Job 14, I'm going to get to some hope in a minute, but, but right now in Job's heart, there's not a lot of hope, okay? When you're born, you live for a few years, and it's mostly miserable. <laughs> that's not really funny, but it's kind of, that's what Job says here. You don't live that long, and the days that you do have are hard. Man that's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. I mean, and he goes on, and we're not going to dwell on these first two points, but they, they form the context here, so I want to mention them at least briefly. Verses 7 through, I don't know, 12 or so, uh, and then you die. I mean, you know, life's hard, then you die. That, that's, that's Job's experience. That's, that's kind of where he is mentally, emotionally now. Verse 7, look, look, look at this. For there is hope for a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, that its shoots will not cease. Though its root grow old in the earth and its stump die in the soil, yet at the scent of water it will bud and put out branches like a young plant. But a man dies and is laid low. Man breathes his last, and where is he? As waters fail from a lake and a river wastes away and dries up, so a man lies down and rises not again. Till the heavens are no more, he will not awake or be roused out of his sleep. And then this, that's where our text begins verse 13 that we'll focus on in just a second but I mean do you hear that that's despair isn't it first of all you're born you don't have that long to live and it's hard and then you die and then when you die nothing happens you're just dead you're just dead that's it and he says, even a tree, you know, a tree is cut down and it looks dead, but there's that stump there. And, 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 and a lot of times, if that, that stump gets some nutrition, gets some water, it'll produce a shoot and it'll live again. But man, woman, people, they just die. You think that's the belief of so many of our contemporaries now? I wonder we live, as we often observe, we live in a society that's becoming increasingly secular, less belief in God, less belief in religion. Uh, and, and so once that, once that is cut, those ties are cut, there's, there our beliefs about the afterlife change. But it is interesting that still, even in an increasingly secular society in which more and more people are kind of becoming unattached from religion, Many people still believe in some sort of an afterlife. They still believe that there's something there after this world is over, after this life is over. But, but I find this interesting because we all reflect on this and we wonder, is there something more? Job says, it doesn't seem like there is. This is it. That's a, that's a state of despair. Now, let me, let me pause here before we get to the hopeful part of this. I know this is pretty discouraging at this point. Uh, have you ever been there? Just just think about this for a minute have you ever been Have you ever felt feelings of despair? Have you ever been to a point in your life emotionally where you just wonder if this life is worth living or if you, you feel like you know life is hard and it's, i don 't have any hope that it 's going to get any better. And I wish that I could just cease to exist. I, don't, I know that's been the experience of many people in the world. There's just this sense of despair. And when we feel cut off from God, I believe that's inevitable. And that is why it seems when there are increasing levels of people, increasing numbers of people who don't believe in God, that you also see despair on the increase because when you don't believe that there is some sort of a God, a benevolent God who's in charge and ultimately works things out for good, it leads to despair, doesn't it? I mean, what is there to be hopeful about? But that's not the end of this text. We'll spend the, next, the rest of this in the last part, the part that we actually read earlier. Verse 13, know that you would hide me in Sheol. Sheol, by the way, I think the way Job understood that probably... Is in keeping with his contemporaries, is that it was just a place where the dead go. It's the place where the dead go. I think Job at this at this point just thinks that that Sheol probably is just not existing anymore. That it's just you just you just don't exist. It's it's kind of like you don't have any consciousness. You're just not aware. Um, later on, there's going to be a development of this idea certainly, and and we have it fully expressed. More fully expressed on the teaching of Christ. But, but at this point, there was just this belief in Job, it seems, from the context here, that my, his experience just suggests that this is it. That this is it. You live, it's hard, you die, you go to Sheol, and that's it. You just cease to exist. That, that's, that's it. And it seems like Job is longing for that. Like, I want to go to Sheol, I want to go the, to the place of the dead, because at least I wouldn't be suffering. At least I would just not be aware of all this. So he says, Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol. Just let me be unconscious, as it were. That you would conceal me until your wrath be passed. That you would appoint me a set time and remember me. Now here's where you see see glimmers of hope. Now Job does not know about Jesus. He has an underdeveloped, View of the afterlife. But he knows enough about God to know that God is not a God who is simply going to let me live this life, let me suffer like this, let me die, and that's it. He knows there's got to be something more. And we see embedded in this text the gospel, though I don't think Job understood it fully. I don't know how much he understood. It it seems like Job is full of despair. But in the middle of his despair, there's this glimmer of light. just, Just a little bit where he says, I wish you would let me go to the place of the dead. I wish you would just let me be unconscious there, that I would just not know anything's going on until you're done with me. Until you're done punishing me. Until your wrath is past." And then, he says, you would appoint me a set time... And you would remember me. And then a question. This is a pretty off-quoted part of the book of Job. If a man dies, will he live again? Shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. The reason I'm preaching this today, by the way, I meant to say this at the beginning, but is on the first Sunday of each month in the book of, in the year 2021, I've been addressing the theme of renewal. Uh, something to do with being renewed or the idea of renewal and here in this is this belief however shaky it was at this point in Job's life that there is renewal coming that's why we're talking about this today because we want to be renewed we want something more than this if you are young and healthy and haven't experienced any of life's great difficulties yet I think it's hard for you to relate to what Job is experiencing here I think it's hard for many of us to relate to this especially if we've lived lives that haven't been characterized by a lot of suffering. He says, life's hard, you die, and that's it. But maybe that's not it. I think Job, is what he's saying essentially is, I know the character of God, or I need, at least I know enough about the character of God to know that maybe there's something more than this. Maybe God is a God who's not going to let me just cease to exist. Maybe God is not going to let my life simply to have been lived for no purpose at all. If a man dies, shall he live again? I mean, I think, I think the way you ought to read this in Job, now we're not going to read it this way because we've got more revelation, but I think if you only had Job here, and this is it. You didn't have the rest of the Old Testament. You didn't have the New Testament. You only had Job. This is a negative question. Job expects the answer to this to be no. Tree, he just said it. Tree's going to live again. People just die. That's it. They just die. That's his experience. That's what it seems like at this time. If a man dies, shall he live again? Nope. Nope. Doesn't seem like it. But I still think, I still think that in in Job's heart at this point, though he is down and full of despair and he's pretty negative about the whole deal, he's got like in the back of his mind hope. And he cries out in verse 14 All the days of my service, I should wait till my renewal should come. That days of my service there, by the way, is it's like it's not a positive thing. Um, it's not just like I'm going to serve for a while. It's till I've paid my debt, essentially. till I've till I've done whatever whatever you want me to do, you know. Till I've been punished enough. What uh, what all the days of my I've served my time. Whenever that's over, I would wait for that till my renewal should come. That word renewal is uh, is an interesting word. One one person I was reading says it has hints of resurrection in it. Um, not sure renewal. It it does have to do with getting, as the word would imply, getting a a new experience. It certainly has something to do with that. To my renewal should come, I do think that I'll get I'll get here in a second. I do think there are hints here of what we would call what we believe to be the resurrection that we see in Christ, there's one more phrase I wanted you to see. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands. Now, here's where we get to something that is very hopeful. For man died, shall I live again? After I paid my debt, I'd wait till my renewal should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands. Now, I love this because in this, though Job didn't know fully what he was saying, I don't believe he did. I believe he is... uh, He's he's in a moment of despair. He doesn't know what he's pointing to. But God is sovereign, working through Job's experience, working through Job's words. And God inspires this text, inspires Job to give some hints here of things that Job doesn't fully understand. And then we can later read with a a greater understanding. And I think that's what we ought to do. And here's the way I think we ought to read this. When we struggle... When we wonder, when we doubt, when we fear. When we have our moments of despair and they will come. When we are discouraged and it happens. And we wonder about the point of life. And we wonder if this is it. We wonder if it's all worth it. We wonder if God's there. We wonder about what God is doing. Does He care? Is He just... Because of where Job is at this point. Job's not even, God's not even listening to me. That's the way He feels. But then we remember the character of God. And that's that's where Job is coming back to now. He's coming back to the character of God. After I paid my debt To my renewal should come. You'd call and I'd answer. You'd long for the work of your hands. You would long for the work of your hands. You see, Job is leaning there on the character of God when he says, You would long for the work of your hands. I know what kind of God you are. There's this hope there. And he says, You would call because I know that you long for your creation. You long to be with what you've created. You would long for the work of your hands. You would call and I would answer you. And I think the grammatical ties and the thematic ties are very clear here to something that happened in the life of Jesus. You remember when Jesus went to the tomb of his good friend Lazarus, when he went to their house, Mary Martha, Lazarus's house. He spent a lot of time there in his ministry days. And he would go to Jerusalem. He would come out to Bethany and spend some time with his good friends, these three siblings. And, uh, but in John 11, he came there after Lazarus had died. He got there. Everybody's crying. Mary and Martha are full of despair. Uh, You know, Jesus didn't get there in time from their perspective. You could have come earlier. You could have gotten here sooner. If you'd you'd gotten here sooner, he wouldn't have died. Jesus goes to the tomb. He cried. Remember that? John 11. Jesus wept. He cried. Everybody's crying. Lazarus had been dead for four days. But you remember how the story goes. And this is a very significant turning point in the ministry of Jesus because after this, Uh, Jesus starts heading toward the cross. But in John 11, Jesus calls out. You remember the text, right? He calls out, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes walking out, still bound in his grave cloths. You would call, and I would answer. You would call, you long for the work of your hands. You would call, and I would answer. God, hear this, alright? God is always want. the story of the Bible is this, God wants to be with His creation. He wants to be with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be in your presence. He doesn't want it to be as it has been since Genesis 3. That's not the way God wanted it to be. It's not the way it was supposed to be. We are separated from God in some sense. Even now, even now, through Christ, we have the presence of God. We have the Holy Spirit living in the church and living in us. We have that. We are with God in a sense, but it is still not what it's going to be. And it's not what it once was you would call and I would answer because you long for the work of your creation. Job didn't know fully what he was saying. He didn't know about Jesus and Lazarus. But he did know something about the character of God. And he said, maybe, just maybe, in the character of God, there is such a longing for his creation that he's going to make things so that I'll get to be with him again. We will get to be with him again. See, the thing about the story of Lazarus that is pretty interesting, well, a lot of things are interesting, but, but one more thing is this. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but you remember the story. After the story, after Jesus does what he does, he raises Lazarus from the grave, there's a statement there that this was a turning point because the religious leaders of Jesus' day said, essentially, now we've got to kill him. We've got to kill him, because this is going to get out, and this we can't undo. We've got to kill this man. This was the turning point. Do you see, Jesus, here's here's the answer to this. Here's, Here's where this all ends up, is Jesus had to go into the tomb so he could bring us out of the tomb. Jesus knew if he raised Lazarus from the grave, there's no turning back. That is the last proverbial nail. That's it. If I do this, if I bring Lazarus out of the grave, then I'm going into the grave. If I raise him, then I'm going to die. Of course, Jesus knew about the resurrection. He knew what was on the other side of the death. But it is interesting that in Jesus' ministry, and we know this to be true, in order for Job's request to be answered, Jesus has to go into the tomb, and he has to come out the third day. So the answer to Job's question, Job didn't know everything that he needed to know or wanted to know. We've got fuller revelation. We've got what Peter says, you know, the angels desired to look into. They wanted to know this. You know, They wanted to know what we know about the gospel of Christ, the gospel of the resurrection. And so if a man dies, if a woman dies, shall he, shall she live again? I don't think Job knew the answer to that. But we do. Because we've got God's full revelation. Job wanted it to be true. He hoped that it might be true. But he didn't know for sure. He says in verse 16, You would number my steps, you would not keep watch over my sin. My transgression would be sealed up in a bag, and you would cover over my iniquity. Job didn't know exactly how that's going to work out. But even there, you see hints of the gospel, don't you? Because in Jesus, in the death of Jesus, in the resurrection of Jesus, our transgressions are sealed up in these bags. God is covered over our iniquity. God is not keeping watch over our sin any longer because those sins have been sealed up. They went into the tomb of Jesus with Him, as it were. He came out, but our sins have been washed away. Our sins have been blotted out. They've been put in the bag. You would call, and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands can I I encourage you just just for a minute to consider how desperately God wants to be with you I don't know how you think about God if you think of him as a, a raging despot a merciless tyrant or a loving father somebody who went a a being, God, who went to the greatest lengths in order to bring about reconciliation. That's the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is we were separated from God. God is doing everything to bring us back. You would long for your creation. You would call, and I would answer you. And so I want to ask you just to consider... Are you answering the call of God now? Now I think Job is pointing ahead to a time, of course, after we die. There's, there's coming a day for those who are in Christ. But, but are you answering his call now, so that you will answer his call then? If you submit to him now, if your life is one that is in Christ, buried in Christ, embedded in Christ, then you have nothing to worry about. You have no ultimate fears. Because the questions have already been answered. The big questions have already been answered. What's going to happen after death? Life's going to happen after death. Because you're going to answer his call. He's going to call. He's going to call just like he called Lazarus' tomb. He's going to call your name. He's going to say, come out of there. And you're going to live with him forever. That's the hope that you have as a Christian. If you die, when you die, will you live again? Absolutely you will in Christ. But let me encourage you, if you haven't answered his call now, and his call is to live your life in submission to him, to come to faith in him, to to be baptized into him for the forgiveness of your sins, allow God's Spirit to live within you, answer that call now, and you don't have to worry about the other call. It will come. You will answer, because God longs to be with his creation. If you're not a Christian, we invite you to come to faith today, to give your heart and life to Him. If you need to come back to Him today. You know, in faith, in matters of faith, we address the big questions of life. This is a big question. This is a big question. What's next? What's next? If you're in Christ, you don't have anything to worry about. Because God's going to call. You're going to answer. We're going to answer. And it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. If you need to come back, come home. Let's, I urge you to come. Let's stand and sing.